You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast, where we sit down with Pastor Jeff and we dive in a little bit deeper to the messages that we talked about on Sunday morning to answer, hopefully, some of the questions that you want answered. And today, we are following up with his message on study, reading the Bible uh, and what that can look like in your life. So, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here again. <laughs> Welcome to your living room. Uh, so I want to start with, uh, let's get a little personal. I want to know your personal, what is your favorite Bible verse? Yeah, I got a lot of them. Um, I love John 3, 3.16, always have. Um, I love, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in Psalm 23 right now. I just think that's a fascinating portion of scripture, always has been. Uh, but my favorite of all time would probably be 1 John 5. I think it's about verse 9 through 13. Um, uh, to give you a little bit of the context, I struggled as a young person with the assurance of salvation. So anytime somebody would say, receive Christ, I'd go, you know what, I better do it all over again. I got some sin in my life. Um, but a pastor gave me this scripture from 1 John chapter 5, and it literally is the last part of the book of 1 John. And John is speaking to Gnostics who struggled with whether or not Jesus was actually the Son of God. And here's how the scripture goes. It begins in verse 9. It says this, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then it says this. This is my favorite verse. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. And the word there is an emphatic no, this sense of no doubt, no question, no wonder, that you may know that you have eternal life. So I kind of carried that scripture with me uh, throughout life. And it's just kind of always resonated in my head and given me this doctrine of the assurance of salvation. I think allowed me to move on in my faith in greater ways because of that assurance. So that's probably my favorite verse. Awesome. Love that. What about favorite book of the Bible? If you had to sit down and read a book of the Bible, which yep. one would you read? Uh, I would probably say my favorite, and again, I like them all, uh, but I would say my favorite is the book of Romans. Hmm. I just think it outlines well, um, you know, sin, salvation, service, or we used to say guilt, uh, grace, gratitude. I think it starts the first three chapters just talking about the sinfulness of mankind and the need for a savior then really the next three chapters deal with this idea of how salvation has come through Jesus Christ. And then finally, it just kind of deals with, okay, now that you're saved, how should you live and what should be your service in this world? So for me, the book of Romans, kind of in a nutshell, I often tell young Christians to go there. I just think it's a good place to get some good understanding and theology and all of those kinds of things. So my favorite is probably the book of Romans. Donald Gray Barnhouse wrote an incredible commentary on it. Uh, that I read in a, as a young seminarian. So for me, that's probably my favorite book. I like that. So one thing that I feel like people have struggled with, and I even have had it, like the really the more you read the Bible, the weirder it can sometimes get, especially yeah. if you get into the Old Testament. There are, there are crazy stories in Scripture, yep. and they can sometimes feel 
I don't know, a little bit like a fairy tale, like a little bit like um, kind of an old legend. How do we know, if someone's struggling with, how do I know that this, this happened, the Bible is actually real? What evidence do we have that the Bible is the Word of God? Yeah, there really is a ton of evidence. Uh, there is. Um, I, I would just remind you as I start, the Apostle Paul said it to the young pastor, Timothy, and again, he, he's hearkening back. You talk about the Old Testament, he's hearkening back when he says, listen, all of Scripture is God-breathed, meaning literally from the mouth of God. Uh, in fact, Peter would later say it in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, hey, listen, uh, holy men spoke of God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, but they spoke of God. So I've always held to the doctrine of the inerrancy of Scripture. Again, whether I understand it, whether I struggle with it or not, I believe, you know, the whole canon of Scripture has been inspired in its original languages without error. But I think you asked the good question is this, is there any evidence? So uh, obviously they are. I, I would give you a few. There is some external evidence. There's some internal evidence. And then there's just some things, humanly speaking, mm -hmm. I think that helps speak to Scripture. If we talk about external evidence, because often we use evidence of the Bible, and people mm -hmm. say, listen, if I don't believe the Bible, the internal right. evidence doesn't help me much. Right. But the external evidence is this, and they use uh, kind of the same criteria for any early literature. So if there's any ancient manuscripts at all, Gaelic Wars, those kinds of things, Homer's Iliad, they use the same criteria. And the first would be this is, you know, how many manuscripts are there out there? Obviously, we don't have the originals anymore. Uh, but how many manuscripts are out there? Uh, the evidence with regards to scripture is overwhelming. I mean, when it comes to Gaelic Wars or Homer's Iliad, we probably have three or 4,000. With regards to scripture, we have about 25,000. So we have tons of manuscripts. Mm -hmm. And then the second question they ask is, how close were those manuscripts to the original? With regards to scripture, they're incredibly close. Mm -hmm. You know, again, uh, some of the ancient literature is probably five, 600 years. Mm -hmm. We're within 70 years with regards to scripture itself. And then they look at this, well, how was it cared for? And again, if you read anything about the Qumran schools and the Essenes that took care of the scripture, uh, there was just incredible diligence to make sure that every letter matched up with what they were copying. In fact, if it wasn't, if somehow they were off, they would count the A's on a page and uh, let's just say there weren't the same amount of A's, they threw it away. So there was incredible care given to that. And then I think internally, uh, you would recognize there's just incredible consistency of Scripture. Think about it for a moment. There's 40 different offers. They wrote it on three different continents. Uh, uh, there's a sense in which 1,500 years span from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Yet there's incredible continuity in Scripture. There's no disagreements. There's no things we find in Genesis that later are talked about in the New Testament that disagree. There's incredible symmetry with regards to Scripture. Um, and certainly this idea of um, you know, life change that has taken place. Still the number one selling book every single year is the Bible. First thing to ever be copied uh, again on the printing press was the Word of God. I just think there's incredible evidence both externally and internally. And I would just hearken back to archaeology too. I, I just think every time they make a discovery in Israel and elsewhere, mm -hmm. all it does is confirm Scripture. So again, I think there's just incredible evidence that the Bible is the Word of God, and when you read it, you can mm -hmm. take it as authoritative in your mm -hmm. life. That's awesome. I think that a lot when I read through the Gospels or something like that, written by different men, but so cohesive yes. in what they talk about. And even not the Bible agrees that Jesus was alive and was a person, you know, that he 
he was here. Exactly. Every yeah. historian yeah. since then ha has pointed back to Jesus. Whether mm -hmm. again they believe him to be the Son of God mm -hmm. is a different story, but hmm. all of us would agree. That's cool. So if somebody has never um, really gotten into the habit of reading their Bible before, maybe their most interaction with the Bible is like their hotel nightstand. Where do you yeah. even start? Not the book of Leviticus. Where do no. you? <laughs> no. And where again, do you start? I would remind us because. The Old Testament is a little bit of a dark place. We always say, uh, you know, you interpret the Old Testament in the light of the New. So mm -hmm. I would say, especially to new believers, begin in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always said to people, start in the Gospel of John. I just yeah. think it's a clearly understood book any of the Gospels would do. Yeah. Or again, as I talked earlier, go to the book of Romans. But mm -hmm. I always say to people, listen, don't be heroic mm -hmm. in reading it. Make a commitment to just spend five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will grow in time. Uh, but just read a passage, a portion of scripture, you know, everybody wants to read through the Bible in a year and those are good things. Yeah. But what happens is I just think it's too much for people to absorb. Mm -hmm. I, I always say, you know, just take 10 verses, just take a half a chapter, read it. And I would always pray before I read because I believe the Holy Spirit illumines scripture. I think it's spiritually understood. So I'm praying that God's going to give me insight and understanding. Then I'm going to read it more than once. I'm going to read through the passage just to kind of get an overview. Then I'm going to read it to say, God, what, what are you saying to me? Maybe even read it a third time. Mm -hmm. And then I would pray again. I would just kind of take one thing you've learned from the passage that day and carry that with you and try to apply it to your life. I, I just think keep it as simple as you possibly mm -hmm. can to build a good habit of being yep. in the scriptures. Yep. I remember your habit. It's ingrained in my brain. I remember as a little kid walking down the stairs and you would always in the morning be in that Hunter Green <laughs> chair. Do you remember that? Thankfully we you got rid of that chair. <laughs> but you did every morning with your Bible on your lap. So I think you're right. Habit is key. Yeah. And, and again, if you're not a morning person, noon, nighttime is fine too. I just would say... Find your place, find your time, and yep. then stick to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, you were able to grab on to at least some of the things that uh, he shared today and that we talked about. We hope you join us next week to discuss prayer. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.